I'm that guy who spent the last 10 years not on social media. I didn't have a smartphone for like four and a half years. I'm that guy who was like a 96-year-old grandpa who was in a 34-year-old body. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, what are these kids doing? When Marcus Bridgewater first heard about TikTok, he thought it was a calendar app. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. It just made sense to me. It was like, oh, you know, it's going to keep track of time. But now, just two years later, Marcus definitely knows what TikTok is. In fact, he's gone viral on TikTok, posting videos of the different plants in his garden. He shares tips, tricks, and lessons for both taking care of plants and taking care of ourselves as humans. Marcus has become one of America's most well-known plant influencers, or plantfluencers, as some call them. Known by his social media handle, Garden Marcus, he's managed to turn his passion for plants and education into his full-time job. I'm Shelby Stanger, and this is Wild Ideas Worth Living. A few years ago, Marcus Bridgewater was not at all interested in social media. He didn't even have a smartphone. Instead, Marcus spent his days teaching and he loved to unwind after work in his backyard garden. He found that the plants had a lot of lessons to teach him and he was getting better and better at caring for them. This newly discovered green thumb came as a surprise, especially since the first plants he brought into his home in Texas didn't do so hot. Marcus Bridgewater, welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living. You definitely had a wild idea. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for having me. So tell me just a little bit about where you're from and, and where you grew up and how you got into plants. Okay. Well, I'm from a place called Zellwood. Uh, it is north of Orlando, Florida. Um, I grew up there. And it is, it was a very country place. It was a very woodland area. And I was very fortunate to spend a lot of time out in the woods exploring and learning about myself and about nature. But I didn't really know how valuable those experiences were until I bought my own house and I didn't have access to woods, but um, one of my oldest friend's moms was gifting me some plants as a housewarming gift. And I was just so thankful for that gift. Uh, it was just like this kind of reawakening of my last connection with nature. And as we walked her nursery and she was just uh, pouring information on me, I was so thankful to have had this experience. It was just like this eye-opening thing. Oh my gosh, look at how much life is in these nurseries. And then I got home and I killed more than half of the plants in just a couple weeks. And that tanking of sorts of emotion is really what sparked this journey into motion because I was desperate to keep the last set alive. And in that desperation, I had to humble myself and really start questioning what I was doing wrong. And that just forced me to really think and connect my choices with my actions and with their results. And it increased my accountability, it increased, it increased my 
awareness. It increased so many parts of my life. So that is where I'm from, where I grew up, and how I got into plants, I think, as concisely as I could put it. It's an amazing story. So you said so many things right there that that really hit for me. So one is that you killed a lot of plants because personally, <laughs> like I actually recently bought some plants and uh, <laughs> I sort of killed a couple of the first ones as well. I overwatered them. Mm, mm, common mistake. So before you got into plants, what, what were you doing? Um, so uh, in college, I studied technical direction and technical direction is the project management of theater and film. And so basically what we learned to do was orchestrate a timeline and help all of the different facets of the production execute on their timeline. And in doing so, I really focus my expertise on communications. And so by focusing on the communication of sorts, I really was focusing on community and the more I focused on community, the more I found that the other pieces of the puzzle, regardless of what the industry was, kind of fell into place. And so taking that, I used that concept to approach every facility I went to. Uh, my grandma has a saying, be a task, big or small, do it well or not at all. Once a task has begun, do it well until it's done. And I was one of the grandkids who took that really seriously. And I still take that seriously to this day. As a technical director and independent contractor, Marcus ended up flying all over the world and working with different theaters, opera houses, events, and venues. He managed sound, lighting, set design, construction, and even crew members. But at some point, Marcus needed to switch gears and have more stability. So he moved to Texas and eventually began teaching technical direction. During that challenging transition, Marcus found plants and gardening to be healing for him. Okay, so let's bring it back to plants. So then you take all these skills from your work, communicating, organizing, recruiting people, getting them to kind of get out of their own way, getting them to finish tasks. And you get really passionate about plants. And very quickly, you become this amazing influencer on on apps like TikTok and Instagram. And you don't even know what TikTok really is, but you get on it and you excel. How does that all happen? Wow. Well, uh, I was brought out to Texas to be a technical director. In a few years, I had become a teacher of technical education, and I created a program and a curriculum to train and to help. And, and really what it did was it fine-tuned my ability to connect. And I was really thankful for that. And at the same time, one experiences difficulties in life, loss, trauma, uh, change. Working 70-hour weeks is a very difficult thing to do. So stress starts to build up. And for the first time in my life, I, I was in one place, right? I had spent the better part of my life after college working as an independent contractor and traveling. So I hadn't really been in any place for longer than four and a half months. But in my travels, I had learned 
and and practiced a lot of things to help mental health, physical fitness, spiritual awareness. I'd found out how important they were, and I'd been studying them because I found that they were the progression in a modern day articulation of mind, body, spirit. And those are the things that really matter. Mm-hmm. But that's not what pays the bills. And so um, my mom had gotten injured and I'm an only child. And so I was like, oh, it's it's my responsibility to help my mother with some of these bills. Right. And so the only way to do that is not as a uh, independent contractor who goes and does what they please whenever they want. It, it requires a kind of consistency, a kind of stability. So that's that change in lifestyle. Right. But it was costing me. It was really difficult. And I found solace in the garden. So remember I was saying I had like spent all that time trying to get those plants to stay alive? Well, that journey, right, a friend came to me and said, hey, there's a bunch of discount plants at the department store. And I was like, well, let's go check it out. And they were selling plants for like percentages off, 75% off already. So I got like plants for a quarter. It was incredible. It's so funny. I find some of my best plants, not at these fancy nurseries, but Uh at like Mm -hmm. Trader Joe's. And just like, I find some of my best plants where they are going to let me pick through the dumpster. Amazing. That's even better. (laughs) And and there's not a lot of places that do it. But when you ask, right, you'd be surprised at who's like, oh, yeah, I'll let you take some of that. Or, you know, I mean, you know, give me some quarters for it. So I bought hundreds of those. Ended up filling up my garden, learning so much about life, and it was giving me peace to combat the pressures I was facing in the world. So what are some of these lessons you've learned from plants? You're like hands-on, fingers in the dirt, you know, learning, killing plants, but saving a lot of them. What are some of the lessons you learned that you applied to your life? All right, so one of the biggest things that I, I think... I've been able to apply to my life is persistence and uh, this understanding that you can't make things grow, but you can foster environments where things want to grow. And in that thought process, I realize how much of my life is dictated by community and environment and how much of my own life I spent adapting and and utilizing the tool of adaptation to fuel my progress despite what community or environment I was in. Because of where I was in the garden at the time, I was able to take this understanding that like I, I could take a, a plant that's dying, but as long as I give it the right conditions and put it around the right community, it's likely to thrive naturally. So you've always been like a teacher and a coach. Yes, in many ways, I've always been a teacher and a coach. Uh, there, the amount of times my mom was like, oh, you know, you're a teacher. And I'd be like, Ma, you got to stop calling me a teacher. I'm not a teacher. And here later in life, it turns out uh, it is actually in my nature to share knowledge. And that makes me a teacher. The technical theater curriculum that Marcus taught was no joke. It was challenging for the kids to keep up with the work. In order to motivate and connect with his students, 
Marcus would show them pictures of the plants in his garden and share the insights he was learning. The growth he saw in his garden was mirrored in his students' progress. He decided to get creative and make his plant show-and-tell even more fun for them. I would propagate pineapples. And I had gotten in the habit of every time I propagated a pineapple, I would, like, name it after one of my kids because they love to see, like, the pineapple growth. And I love pineapple, and I was eating a ton, and so I was just, like, naming pineapple. Um, And so that was the original connection to the garden, I believe. And so then they would be like, oh, you know, do you got any pictures of the pineapple? So I'd take a couple pictures, and they'd be like, oh, my gosh, look at this other plant next to the pineapple. And so... They'd been seeing the garden since before the world saw the garden. And then later in life, one came back to me and said, hey, you should share your essence on TikTok. He created a presentation for me to watch uh, and was like, hey, you should like understand what we're talking about so you get a better idea of like how to share. And then we went into the garden and it was just me sharing things I had shared with them from the garden. What was the moment that then you've taken these lessons you got on TikTok? Was it, was it pretty instant that it took off? Yes, because it was like 11 days. And within 11 days, it, we were jumping in followers. And within a few weeks to a few months, it had just continued to grow and blossom. It it did happen relatively quickly. When I have conversations with others and we compare it to just how people grow in general, it was a relatively unique time to be sharing what we were sharing. Mm. When did you start? Uh, December of 2019. That was early. Yeah, it was just before the pandemic. Right, just before. And so it was almost like a a surge of sorts was happening at that exact time mm. that was like really geared around the focus of well-being. And I was presenting a kind of refreshing thought process in terms of well-being. Um it's like Yes, this is something nice to see and nice to hear, but it's also what we really should be trying to do. And I'm not trying to sell you on anything. I'm not trying to entertain you. I'm trying to help you. I I like genuinely care about the future of our species and thereby your well-being. This is my attempts to share what I've learned that's helped mine. Hopefully it helps yours. So no shenanigans. And I think that caught a lot of people off guard. They were the, the amount of comments I saw say, man, I will watch till the end because I was waiting for the shenanigans and there were no shenanigans and I was still happy. And I watched again. I was like, oh, score, man. Well, I hope you have a great day. You are a happy guy. It's not like you're trying to sell something. You're just trying to like, <laughs> I guess, preach positivity. <gasps> preach positivity. Oh, shucks, man. I'm going to have to tell that to my mom. Marcus's life changed in a matter of just days as his following exploded. His gardening TikTok became a national sensation. Within months, he was featured in major press outlets like the New York Times, Vogue, the Los Angeles Times, and other publications. When we come back, Marcus talks about the lessons he's learned from growing sweet potatoes, tips for people like me who struggle to keep plants alive, 
and his advice to anyone interested in getting into gardening. Marcus's TikTok videos show footage of hundreds and hundreds of plants in his lush backyard. The clips share information about how to take care of plants during different seasons and weather conditions. He also talks about how plants take care of us as humans. In the last couple months, this pothos has grown a lot. So much that it's expanded to one of the cloth planters holding some of my aloe. Now it's time for me to move this pothos. But as I go to move it, it doesn't want to move because it's so attached to the aloe. There may come a time where the things that were helping our growth begin to limit our growth. And it's really important we know when to let go. All of this content is aligned with Marcus's personal motto, kindness, patience, and positivity. Going viral on TikTok was never about fame. Marcus just wanted to share his values, insight, and beautiful plants. Is there like a specific example when you were working with plants where you're like, this happened and this is the lesson that I applied to my life? Like whether it was with a sweet potato or a pineapple or... Yeah, I could give you... I mean, I literally have so many that... It's like when you're flipping through a book and you're like, oh, which page do I read? Uh, Pick a page. Um, I'm going to tell you the one, uh, the sweet potato. The sweet potato vine that I got was an eight-inch basket, and it had maybe like six or seven vines left on it out of 30 that it looked like it had once had. I got it home, and I thought, well, what's happening here? Like, why is this plant not growing compared to, you know, the other plants? And it was, again, it was a discounted plant. So obviously they had said this plant has some problem. We're going to get rid of it. So thinking about how that plant was being treated, I brought it home and was like, well, the plant's not trying to die. The plant's trying to live. What could we do to help it live? Um So I put it in a brighter spot than it had been uh, at the department store. I trimmed off some of the leaves that looked like they had gotten damaged and it looked like it was still trying to send energy to because that's not helpful, right? Um, And I made a point to put it next to a bunch of other plants like it that I had already had successfully brought back Mm. and over time i watched it slowly put out new leaves and slowly grow to the same size as its companions it's kind of interesting there's this this quote i like by jim Rohn that you're often the average of the five people you surround yourself by Uh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i know you got something too that's (laughs) probably even better oh well it's just that um we are our community and what our community does to us really matters. Often our community may mean well, but they're not necessarily being helpful. And we see that in our growth. And so if we're not growing, we have to really question who we are around and why. I love it. Okay. So you're big on community and you have this really big community you've fostered through your work. 
any stories of people who you've kind of affected in some way, who've bought plants and their lives have really been impacted for the positive? I've, I've been so blessed to uh, be in a position to have been a conduit for positivity and growth. Um, the amount of DMs I get and stories I've gotten has been um, really humbling. And uh, it's it's been quite the blessing. Uh, one in particular, uh, a young person in France um, started following me early and took the lessons to heart uh reconnected with their grandparents and they together started like farming and uh doing a garden in the village and the whole center of like like that whole space has come closer together and so they were sending me thank yous for helping their family get uh reconnected that that that's just one of the many dms that i've gotten that has just been really uh, touching. What does your mom think of all of this? And how is she doing? Uh, <laughs> you'd be surprised. My mom is uh, thrilled and also not surprised because she's been saying Aww. for years that uh, I, I had a voice of sorts to speak and I also have it in me to be a teacher. Marcus brims with positivity. You can hear his smile when he talks. He's always been conscious of spreading optimism. In fact, in 2018, he and his partner started a company called Choice Forward. They create content, offer workshops, and they also offer presentations to empower individuals and strengthen communities. The success of his social media presence has only led to more opportunities for him. Last year, Marcus was approached by several publishers about writing a book. He jumped at the chance in his book, how to Grow, Nurture Your Garden, Nurture Yourself comes out at the end of May. In the book, Marcus will share about his insights on improving your mental, physical, and spiritual health. He talks about how a positive mindset helped him reframe his own challenging experiences as opportunities to grow. One thing I, I like is, is, is your notion of failure. Like, you're going to kill plants. But that's important. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can, can you talk about that? Yeah. You know, I, I think that the lesson versus barrier is a big one. So I have these dichotomies. Um, if you check out choiceforward.com, again, Choice Forward is my company. Um, and uh, we created it because throughout my life, which was very tumultuous, uh, uh, lots of stories in there. And each one of them is showing some growth of some sort um a lot of them are challenging and it, it it's an important thing to note how we can take challenge and we can build from it or we can have challenge turn into something that becomes a boulder for us and so one of the dichotomies i share in my book is um lesson versus barrier and the idea is that everything everywhere can be a lesson as you go through that experience um, it just depends on how you decide to take in that experience. But that same experience can turn into a barrier where you do not decide to learn anything. It just hinders you from learning anything and you decide to cut yourself off from it. Don't, uh, 
let yourself get caught up in the idea that you have a black thumb or, or that you failed a hundred times before. Um, recognize that each one of those times is an opportunity to learn. And so stop and think about what you learned from each one of them. Even if it's already gone now, just stop and take a moment, write down what you've learned. So actually, one more lesson I really want to talk to you about, because I've heard you talk about it before through your work and through your videos and on your interviews, but something you've learned from plants, self-care. Caring for plants, caring for yourself. Can, can you talk to me about that concept? Just because we're we're just in a time where, yeah, self-care is really important in all times of the world, but it feels like something that, you know, is a constant work in progress. Yeah, and and I feel like in a lot of ways it's we're automating it and it's a really strange thing to to consider like that process of automation. Um so I see self-care in plants all the time, um especially if I get a chance to see them in their native habitat in the wild, right? And I try and mimic what I do and what I'm how I treat the plants in a little way to how they would have their natural environment. Plants are, are always like spreading roots and letting go of the leaves that are not necessarily getting sunlight anymore. If, if, a, if a leaf gets too big um, or if a leaf is too small for the leaf that is big, it's going to let go of that leaf. It's not going to hang on to it. That's a part of its self-care. That's a part of its growth. We don't necessarily do that. Um, a plant being outside is going to go through the natural cycles. And if it's in a place where it's going to be exposed to the seasons, right, it's going to let go of different parts of itself in each season. And it's going to do different work in each season. Again, that's a part of its self-care. Something, again, I don't think we are doing enough of. Right. How many how much of our lives are so regimented? We do the same thing every day, regardless of the season. So um, I think self-care is really important um, when we consider it means a regular analysis of one's well-being, a regular uh, consciousness of the rotating of priority in terms of mental health, physical fitness and spiritual awareness. No one can be more important than the other. They must be balanced. Spending time outside, around nature and plants, reminds us that we're built to grow. It's not easy, but the more we practice looking at obstacles as an opportunity for growth, the less anxiety and stress we'll have when one presents itself. For Marcus, plants have been a source of guidance in the face of life's challenges. If you're thinking about starting a garden or even just caring for one new plant, Marcus has some advice. People listening might want to go out and just buy plants right now or <laughs> take care of the plants they already have. You know, any advice to becoming a plant parent or a beginner gardener? Like um, where do people start? So so I, I would say 
we start in the same sphere of the kindness, patience, positivity. So here's like where I'm going to draw the line, like draw the parallels, so you can start uh, hopefully embracing this in into the everyday step. So kindness in your thought process. Try to let go of whatever it is that is bothering you when you go to get your next plant. You want to focus on the plant because you want your connection to be to that plant, right? That Like, like that's a genuine connection. So you want to be drawn to whatever it is. You want to be like, oh, this is the one, this is the color, like whatever it is that inspires you because each of us is different. So as you walk around and you're looking at the plants, allow it to, to be a therapeutic moment where you connect with the plant. So that's the first one. The next one's patience. Be patient with the plant itself and recognize that like it it is going to go through stages of change. Um, you don't want to water it too much. You may want to get yourself a moisture meter or a bamboo stick so that you can make sure you are, especially if you're a beginner, so you can make sure you are feeding the plant when it needs to be fed. I have a real quick technical question. What's what's a bamboo stick? Just a uh, stick of bamboo? Um, a bamboo straw um, okay. or just, yes, like a, a, a sliver of bamboo when put into a thing of soil, right, will tell you several things. One, if you leave it there for five seconds and it turns wet, right, you can see very clearly that it's wet. If you pull it out and it's got soil on it, but the soil is then it's kind of moist and it might be time to water it. If it pulls out and there's nothing on it and it's completely dry, well, then chances are that it's over dry and you really do need some water. And a lot of plants, right, don't need to be fed all the time. They only need to be fed after the soil has gotten a little dry. Okay, you've talked about kindness and patience. What's your advice about positivity? So, yeah, the other one is positivity because chances are if it is your first plant, you are likely to have a lot of things to learn. You are not going to learn any of those things if you don't remain positive, right? And so that's a whole thing about the kindness, patience, positivity. The entire, our entire world and entire being is about learning. You're putting up a barrier between yourself and your own success the moment you decide that you've done a bad job and you can't do a good job the next time. The tenets of Marcus's practice, kindness, patience, and positivity, there's something we can all carry with us in our gardens and in our day-to-day lives. Marcus, thank you so much for coming on Wild Ideas Worth Living. Your energy, your enthusiasm, your authenticity, and just your love of plants is contagious. I personally can't wait to up my own plant mama game and read your book when it comes out this spring. You can all see Marcus's videos, learn more about plants, and hear more of his inspirational messages on his TikTok and other social media channels at Garden Marcus. To learn more about Choice Forward, which is Marcus and his co-founder Dana's wellness company, you can also visit choiceforward.com. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Shelby Stanger. 
written and edited by Annie Fassler and Sylvia Thomas, and our senior producer is Chelsea Davis. Our executive producers are Paolo Motola and Joe Crosby. As always, we love it when you follow, rate, and review the show wherever you listen. And remember, some of the best adventures happen when you follow your wildest ideas. <laughs>